This is your Week in Gaming, episode 6, recorded for the 28th of April 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, I slam some servers, Richard fights on the street, Sam talks tabletop, and Chris talks cheaper tech. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode six of your week in gaming. Wow. It, uh, it's felt like it's been a week since we last spoke to each other, guys. <laughs> a little bit more, two weeks. <laughs> it's felt like and two weeks. Oh, my God. It's, it's been about two weeks, yeah. Life got very busy. But uh, we're back, and uh, we know that some people went to an aquarium during the time that we were gone. Richard? Uh, so I feel kind of bad now because I was kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> I was downstairs no, on the you couch. You were kidding? Watching, no, I was surely not. Last week tonight was John Oliver. I wasn't at the aquarium. <laughs> For a moment, I thought you were finding more passive-aggressive penguins, but uh, clearly, just our hopes and dreams were shattered there. So, thank you. I would just like to point out that um, this intro segment is usually planned in advance by Penguin, who's now decided to ad-lib them. I'm like, <laughs> and then they're section. terrible. What are we, I mean, they're what are we covering? Now. What is my one word for today? What? 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 <laughs> there's, there's literally nothing there for you, Chris. I thought, let's just try something different, like practicing some improv. I just uh, want to say, personally, if I was a crayon, I would be... <laughs> <laughs> this is a disaster. Let's move on. <laughs> gaming news now and blizzard wants you to slam its servers in may that's right blizzard wants you to play diablo 4 for free during the week of the 12th to the 14th of may to test their service as well as earn previous beta rewards by defeating the world boss shava it'll take place at the same location as the previous betas in the fractured peaks characters from the previous two beta weekends will not carry over to the server slam test and any progress you make during it won't carry over to launch though you have to choose from one of the game's five classes and play a new character up until the service slams level 20 cap. The service slam will have reworked dungeons and less backtracking with some needed barbarian buffs. You hear that, Richard? The pre-download opens on 10th of May, so get downloading then and be sure to try it out. Clever marketing as well as some stress testing by Blizzard. The service slam sounds like something that Freud would have spoken <laughs> And the best part of this is that on launch day, the servers are still going to break. Like, let's not kid ourselves. They're going to have the stress does... test, and then it's it's still going to explode. How yep. does Blizzard need to stress test stuff still? How, like, you, they've got to know how many people are in there are, are going to show up to their day. Small one indie thing. company. They, they've also got to know how efficient their network stack is and how, how good their network code is. These aren't going to be amateur programmers that are making these games. They're going to be hardened veterans in the industry. So why do they need this? It's, 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 to me, it's not a server test or, or a, a, a test of server capacity. It's a test of their game systems to see if their multiplayer elements of this game can work together with a ton of people. They're selling it as a, a server slam and, and people are maybe misinterpreting that, that it's going to be a capacity test to make sure they've done so many World of Warcraft patch launches. They all and, were and, disasters. You yeah, put so much faith yes. into Blizzard and you really shouldn't, man. No, it's <laughs> not putting faith into it. Why? It's, it's like, why would a company buy a huge amount of cars just for that one day every two years when everybody needs yep. a car. They're not going to. Yep. So they just, they, it's, it's, they know it's going to happen. It's not a surprise to them. They know that those servers are going to go down and crash and mess around, but they're not going to scale up an enormous amount of servers for like 24, 48 hours 
just yeah. you know it, it, they know it's going to happen and every uh, and people think that they're messing it up and getting it wrong but they're not they're not going to buy an insane amount of hardware or buy in a ton of cloud processing or whatever just for that first little bit they know it's going to happen this is just all like lip service and a little bit of code testing and 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 systems testing or maybe a little bit of economy testing it's got nothing to do with the server capacity they know it's going to happen they know it's going to crash the um the cost of whatever fallout there is from whatever happens um when players can't log in is lower than the cost of uptaking all of that equipment yeah. to service all of those players and it's probably as simple as that and then there's a healthy pr budget and a swath of pr specialists and professionals ready to go and then you know what we do five years later we look back and we go oh remember that era 37 <laughs> we play a <laughs> and they're still getting marketing today because of it now see this is the cynicism i expect well done folks <laughs> welcome back there you go welcome back everyone <laughs> Well, moving uh, swiftly along, uh, Horizon Part 3. Anybody surprised? I'm certainly not. Uh, the mm -hmm. first two were massive successes. Uh, so earlier today, the developer announced some of its top-level staff are shifting seats with promotions leading to some new management, blah 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 yada 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 uh, There was one sentence in the update that caught the attention of Horizon fans, which pretty much says, we're making the next one, without actually saying it. It's kind of hinty, hinty. Everybody's basically expected it, and now, you know, it hasn't officially been revealed, but now it has, so Horizon 3 is coming. And on top of that, like, if this wasn't enough to convince you, obviously the end of Horizon Forbidden West, which was the second game, left a whole ton of, like, cliffhangers and, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, third game is on its way. Nobody knows when, but soon, TM. Is this the game where you use, like, Acheulean Age stone tools to hunt dinosaur transformers? Yeah, that's pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, you know who really loves sure. this game? Penguin ZA. He couldn't stop talking about it when it first came out it's for like great. weeks. I got it's so upset. <laughs> I was like, Andrew, we've had enough now. Just go and play it and stop talking to us. Uh, I can almost remember it like it was 2004, 2014 or something like that, 2015. But yes, it was, a, it was an amazing game. I've actually got it on the PS4. I've re-downloaded it. I'm going to be playing it. Again, with the uh, the Forbidden West, as well as the new DLC that just dropped uh, the fire something, the fire shores. Burning shores. Like Burning shores, that's it. Uh, so looking forward to trying that and just replaying it. But a great game. Not surprised. I mean, it came out when it first released. It was like out in February. And even then, people were like, oh, game of the year, game of the year. And it ended up winning game of the year. Great game. Not surprised. If it makes money, people are going to play it or make it and people are going to play it and going to purchase it so it also had a very uh a very robust and sound uh pc port unlike uh last of us recently so it was it was playable on pc as well which didn't help it, it didn't hurt its popularity at all yep it's a very good port played it on the pc as well are you surprised at all no um, no but The Last of Us, yes. I know I mentioned it as a playable previously. Turns out, for some people, it wasn't at all. <laughs> but uh, apparently a lot of those bugs have been fixed. But I digress. Well, tell me, what um, game would you say that um, it's most similar to? Far Cry Primal, but with, with uh, mechatronic things instead of, um, instead of tigers and lions and also with a lot, quite a lot of like weird... 
like lost and rediscovered alien tech type deals. So maybe like the later versions of Ark Survival evolved as well, where you start getting into the tech tier, kind of. But you're, but yeah, I guess actually that's pretty pretty accurate because you get tech dinosaurs and stuff too. I guess, but it's it's open world quest based. It's it's an Ubisoft game without being an Ubisoft game. Okay, cool. Sounds like uh, might be worth a a look. Would recommend. A few days ago, Capcom gave us everything that they're going to give us before the release of Street Fighter VI in their final showcase ahead of the sixth iteration of one of the world's biggest fighting games, along with more details about the game modes like the World Tour and Fighting Grounds mode. They also announced a demo that, to those who are too excited to get their hands on the game to wait, can play. The demo is finally available on all platforms as of last Wednesday, the 26th of April. Uh, it's a very short and walled experience, but you do if you just can't wait. It is worth a go. It was delayed on PC and only actually came out on X, uh, on on a PS5 right after their press conference, which it wasn't supposed to do. It was supposed to come out on all platforms, so PC gamers and those running uh, uh, on Xbox as well have had to wait an extra week to play it. But it is here, and as we know, the fighting game uh, community is one that is quite passionate about their games, and they are looking forward to Street Fighter Six quite a lot from what I've been told. Uh, I haven't played Street Fighter since Street Fighter 2 in the arcade, so this might not be my target. I might not be the target audience of this, but there it is. I'm uh. one of those people that <laughs> believes that Tekken is superior to Street Fighter, and I know that that will alienate and make a lot of people angry, but... I also yeah. think Tekken's better than Mortal Kombat. And I mean, I'm to... I'm a Mortal Kombat person, so I feel like you just need to sit down. <laughs> I mean, as as Richard said, you you know the fight the the fighting game community is very big, very passionate about their things. Um, I mean, some of their their tournaments that they have were absolutely massive, and you know the passion that people have. So there's a lot of people looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. And like local tournaments as well have been like super mm-hmm. popular. So it's, it's really nice to see that there's another iteration coming, something for those guys to get excited about. I mean, how, how good do you have to be at developing games to launch Street Fighter 1, which is essentially people just fighting on the streets, right? And then you go two, three, four, five, and six. Like, how good is the formula that no one else can beat you? Like... <laughs> What? Tech, Tekken done the close. exact same thing. Yeah, well, people Tekken come one. close. Tekken, Mortal Kombat, there was Soul Calibur on the PS1 mm-hmm. that really came close. Probably the closest to being a smash hit um, of all the sort of, you know, not the big three. And the big three I refer to Tekken, uh, Street Fighter and, and Mortal Kombat. And there's also, what's that like, what's that cutesy uh, sort of pixel art one that everybody plays? Um, I'm probably never going to remember it now, but it's there's been a few that have come sort of close, but have just slightly hit the mark, uh, missed the mark. And I think a lot of these fighting games are kind of like grandfathered in from their first and second iterations, where we all have these fond memories of being on cabinets in actual arcades, playing them with fifty yeah. cent coins, or you know, and that's why they're still so big when they come out. These big three, um, I think Mortal Kombat's actually the newest of the three. And probably the flashiest um, with, you know, Street Fighter still relies on reasonably, you know, I don't even know how to describe the graphics, but you know, they're, they're, they're definitely more uh, rudimentary compared to the other two. And the story has always been a bit lacking. So this one is supposed to expand the story with the world travel mode and all that sort of stuff and kind of make it more in depth. 
sort of closer to what the Mortal Kombat story was. And I'm not I'm not exactly going out on a limb and saying Mortal Kombat was very deep, but it's it's meant to make it closer to that instead of the sort of perceived story that you have to find other media like graphic novels and that to go along with to kind of expand the universe that you're beating people up in. So it's supposed to have a lot more in-game of that sort of stuff than the previous ones did. I will say, like, the Mortal Kombat storyline is crazy. One of my friends came to me and was like, I don't know anything about Mortal Kombat. Explain it to me. And I had to, like, take a moment <laughs> because there's so much going on, um, which is pretty cool, actually. So I really hope that we can get more of that in some of the other fighting games because that's one of the things that attracted me so much to Mortal Kombat. I'm one of those plebs. I play through the story and then I probably never touch it again um, because I really like the story. So to have that kind of element in some of the other games, it just draws in a, a bigger crowd. One of the other bigger fighting games that you were thinking of, Richard, is Super Smash Bros, um, which Nintendo have kind of put a big halt on. But uh, Super Smash Bros. Big... <laughs> have it you seen Kick W? It's not Super Smash Bros. That's not so the one you were mean... thinking of, but it's just no. another one. It is. Uh, it is. It is a big one, probably mostly for the. Uh, Do you guys see the crowd. Nickelodeon one? <laughs> oh. Like, can we please not put those in the same league as as the big three? Like, come on, no. come on, guys. I quite enjoyed um, the Injustice Gods Among Us fighting games. And I have to say, watching Superman use his uh, laser eyes to burn a superhero's skull um, into pure nothingness was uh, an absolute highlight. Better than a Mortal Kombat fatality, I thought. So the one that I was thinking of is the King of Fighters. Um, but also while i was looking through the list i came across um i came across virtua fighter which is also one of those ones that came very close killer instinct which kind of actually in the microsoft circles and the people that had early xboxes still has a little bit of a cult following there's even been some sort of like dlcs for other games based on killer instinct it's one of those ones that not a lot of people have heard of either um and guilty gear had a fighting game as well which all of those were kind of like the almost almost games oh, and the ones that sort of bubbled under the surface of the fighting communities. I feel like you forgot Soul Calibur. I was talking about Soul Calibur earlier when I said oh, it was yeah. the one that yeah, on play on PlayStation One that almost that was probably the closest to, to becoming a huge game. And it was huge in some parts of the world. Remember the spinny guy who had the sword who never used the thing. My axe the axe guy was always my favorite. So me, Kickstarters. I love me a good Kickstarter. Anime TTRPG. Need I say more? I'm going to. So this setting draws inspiration from franchises such as Legend of Zelda, Berserk, Nausicaa, and of course, Dungeons and Dragons. So this is not a specifically 5e plug and play. It just draws some inspiration from it. Um, It has been streamlined and simplified for ease of use for newer players. Uh, For example, the only die you need in the entire game is a d20. Whereas in Dungeons and Dragons, you'll roll a variety of different dice for things like damage and etc etc there's a whole lot of stuff happening but for this one you just need the one die you also have aptitudes which are akin to ability scores and these are set by your calling or your class and uh, they're not rolled it also includes social bonds and reputations to give your actions meaningful in-game consequences it also comes complete with the crafting system so exciting i love crafting systems uh, the setting is a post-apocalyptic fantasy world full of derelict megastructures, shambling war machines, and nature-warped magical pollution. Character creation is my favorite part because it includes such callings as heretic, raider, 
Battle Princess, and my personal favorite, the Murder Princess. I really, really want to play a Murder Princess, okay? I really, really want to play this. Um, there's so much more to delve into with this, and Andrew will yell at me if I keep talking. So if you're interested, go check out the Kickstarter. It is called Break, with two exclamation marks. Break. And it's on actual Kickstarter, not like Backer Kid or any other such nonsense. Uh, the lowest tier, which includes just a PDF of the core rules, is £20. Uh, and from looking through some of the example pages, it seems well worth. There's obviously like new monsters, new towns and cities and, and all sorts of stuff to explore. Um, yeah, as, a, as the ultimate weeb, I'm down. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Wasn't that anime Murder Princess? Pretty sure there was. Maybe? There was probably animes based about a princess that happened to be a murderer, but I don't think there was specific. No, no, there is. There a... is a manga series called what? Murder Princess. All right, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be reading what? that tonight. <laughs> I had no clue. The, it sounds like a pretty cool concept. Uh, the classes sound really cool. Uh, I too would like to try and play a murder princess. <laughs> It You'd make a like... lovely murder princess. I think I would, and it sounds like I feel like you're more of a battle princess. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you look like a prison princess, but wow. I thought that was an inappropriate. <laughs> so if, that... <laughs> if there was a class like that, I'd definitely play it. I guess I'm down for it. It's role play. It's something you know you can experiment. I like the fact that there are different systems that are coming out there's different ttrpgs coming out so many it's, it's it's a great way for you as friends or with your family or whatever to get around a table away from tech and play you know games where you get to escape a little bit of uh, you know real world and everything which i think is a lot of uh, forms of escapism that uh, a lot of gamers have and a lot of people that i enjoy things like pathfinder or uh D or just any sort of game so it sounds dope 20 pounds is not too bad considering that you already get the base rules and things there's probably a lot more interesting stuff i'm not going to learn how to use the internet and go and look exactly what there is right now during the recording but uh it sounds it sounds dope so break exclamation mark exclamation mark right yes sir sounds dope 25 dollars turning a gbp so it's yeah it's about the cost of a high-end indie game i guess it's like 400 bucks i mean that's yeah. what you would pay for the for the hardcover i mean no actually hardcovers yeah. you're looking at like 800 to a thousand so which is a i mean a D &D Andrew, don't make me nowadays. break out mine <laughs> a DD book i mean if you buy it digitally is about the same so i mean it's it's within the uh, the ballpark so not badly priced uh for those of you listening um both of our nerds were pointing out their resplendent collections behind them of DD books and figurines yes yeah both behind me i have a cupboard priced. full of linen yes. <laughs> <laughs> actually so do i that's really sad guys rich richard are we old now yeah, yes. that, I think that's we've yep. ticked the box. Yeah. Richard gave his age away when he was talking about using fifty cent fifty cent <laughs> coins at an arcade. I don't know if Richard knows, but that arcade was called go. Planet Magic. It was it was a it's now a gym actually. Weirdly enough, we went we had like a Magic Planet or whatever the f it was called, and you you had to pay one rand to get one of these big coins Tokens, that used to, yeah. to, to get the token to put into the machines and none of them were ever 50 cents there was always like i actually want to say that i think they were cheaper than 50 cents when i first started using them. I, think, <laughs> I actually think you got like three for one round or something listen four tokens dance dance revolution let's go all day every day
So I think you would have revealed your age a little bit worse if you had said, you know, like all those claw machines that were all the rage in the late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. that you could use the old 20 cents piece, you know, the larger one, yep, yep. instead of the two rand coin to Wait, play. Because the two rand coin That's used to be brew. big. What century are you from? <laughs> the two rand coin used to be about the size of a five rand. Yeah, yeah. So you could use those wild. to jimmy the system and just win bears for days. I mean, you couldn't do anything with them. Classic <laughs> late 90s. <laughs> and the 50 cent coin used to be silver as well yeah i do remember seeing one of those my dad had one of those so my I dad had that. one no good man <laughs> but we digress we digress in a repeat of our last episode um it seems like the pcn components tech scene is still dead f um reports leaks and rumors from the world of tech media of the last few days and, and last two weeks have highlighted a few concerning trends uh, some retailers are allegedly giving away free things um, if you buy any of their aging RTX 4070 series GPUs. Uh, with hot options currently being a $100 Steam gift card at one retailer, while a retailer in Japan is giving away a free Intel A750 GPU with every NVIDIA RTX 4090 purchase. That's weird. Rumors suggest that NVIDIA hasn't ramped up the production of their GeForce uh, RTX 40 series graphics cards yet. Um, and this may be to, you know, due to business just not booming for them. Sales do not sound like they're very high at the moment. Their top performing RTX 40 series GPU is the 4070, which only launched about a week or so ago. It is uh, at a premium MSRP of 599 USD. Despite positive reviews from media, sales um, are currently being beaten by some last-gen GPUs on Amazon's best-selling GPU list. Here, the 4070 is in seventh place, um, one place below AMD's RX. 580, which was released six years ago. Uh, we might see AMD's RX 7600 graphics card and NVIDIA's RTX 4060 Ti um, potentially released at Computex this year. Conventional wisdom in the industry predicts that the AMD card um, will be significantly cheaper than the RTX 4060 Ti, uh, which itself is predicted to be at around a $450 MSRP. This means that either of these cards that are still to be released are going to be much more affordable options for the vast majority of gamers who can't afford that uh, 40 series money. Um, which might actually be the point of why sales are so low. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, do RTX 4D series GPUs provide enough uplift to warrant their premium price tags? And how are we supposed to pay for all these shiny new cards when we also need to buy 7,000 series CPUs, DDI, DDR5 memory, and shiny ultra-fast Gen 5 NVMe SSDs? I just want to say that for anybody wondering, MSRP means the manufacturer's suggested retail price. Ah. Um, it's basically what you should pay in a shop for it if you walk into a retailer, approximately. On a tangent, but the biggest thing that stood out to me was that Chris really sounds like a newscaster. A newscaster or a news anchor? Same, same thing, both. <laughs> oh, so basically, <laughs> I'm a middle-aged white man. Thank you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you have like the inflection, the tone, the whole, sh like, the whole shebang. You know, you got that down. You could literally just go onto like radio and just read the weather and the traffic reports. Uh, not good enough for the for the fun stories. No. What fun stories in this country? <laughs> in about point. thirty years, we can start calling you Christopher Kreivagen. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> the, and he will still look identical. He would the not have aged. of investigative news. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, back to the tech story. What do you think? I mean, these are exorbitant prices, right? Have any of you bought any of this tech? I assume. Hell no. I'm poor as heck. I've got a 1650 and I'd give anything to upgrade, but I can't afford those prices. Like, these people are mad. You think if anybody pays, buy but it doesn't. An RTX 
4070, I will have the free Intel graphics card from you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Japan, or whatever for that. But I mean, yeah. like, like the fact that the 40, I don't personally see that there's a massive increase in performance, you know, versus the dollar being exchanged for it between the 30 series cards and the 40 series cards. I feel that there's a big enough jump from a 20, uh, a 20 series to 30 series. I'm still rocking a 1066 gigabyte, which is plays everything perfectly fine. But the f- the 40 series cards I just don't think justifies it. However, going to jump to a much more reasonably priced uh, RTX 4060 Ti seems like a reasonable jump. And I think, you know, in terms of NVIDIA's production, with that card coming out, I think there's going to be a higher demand for that. And we'll probably see me see more of those hit the market, um, especially in the, in this kind of economy that we've got at the moment. So this always happens, right? When they first release the first line of new thousand series so three thousand four thousand they release the highest ones first and all the super people that have all the money and like to be the you know the cuds the continuous upgrade disorder people they like they go and they <laughs> buy all these all these new graphics cards that cost twenty thousand rand or, or sixteen hundred dollars or whatever it is and then we get then they start to release the 4060s and the normal people graphics cards where like you know us plebs at the bottom have enough money to buy them and and this is sort of like a cycle that happens so the fact that the 4090 is not selling as much as it used to i think personally it has a lot to do with the fact that it, it's not profitable to mine uh, bitcoin on them anymore or any sort of crypto on them anymore so that so that sort of whole segment of the market has disappeared and that's been a big driver in the past and also people just aren't willing to to splash out that much money on a 5 or 10% or 15% increase uh, over the, the the 3090 and also a, a lot of that increase is in um, is in ray tracing which was sold as something that was going to revolutionize the gaming industry and has it really can you think of one place where you've wanted ray tracing or playing a game and you're like yo I wish this had ray tracing not really so you know people are just not really willing to to spend that money on something that isn't actually giving them that much more whereas before you know in the, in the days of Moore's law when we were every 18 months we were getting double the performance of the previous 18 months we were much more willing to to splash out on that on that amount of money but now that it's percentage and fraction increases people are like I'll oh, skip a couple of generations and I'll just come back in the when it's the 6070 and all the games do actually have ray tracing and and you know the fancy version of ray tracing I can't even remember the name of it now so we're just we're just less willing and less willing to accept a lot of meaningless gains on on graphics cards yeah. or, or other devices yeah, look, um, I think I agree. The uplift is, you know, doesn't necessitate um, moving into those cards. And then, like, also keep in mind, these cards are abnormally large. So mm-hmm. a lot of the, the established chassis that are affordable and available, they don't actually fit in. I mean, I won't know, don't know what the 4060 Ti looks like, but, I mean, even putting a 4070, you, needs, you need to make sure that your, your chassis has the clearance. Um, they're monstrously big. So you're technically buying one of these. You're upgrading a lot. And so, you know, DDR5 is pricey. The new Gen 5 NVMEs are pricey. Gen 5 power supplies are now out, and those aren't cheap. Like, everything is just horribly expensive. So if you're going to future-proof, you're going to end up paying, like, a lot. Three, three and a half thousand dollars, four thousand. Like, it's mental. So the 4060 Ti is supposed to be almost the same size as the 4070 Ti. So it does. It means a new case, probably, and probably maybe an, even a bigger power supply. You know, um, oh. and then you want DDR5 because you want to have the best RAM performance for your new smashing yep. graphics card. And by the time mm. you're done, it's a it's a huge cost. Two and a half, yep. three thousand uh, dollar venture. 
more. You know, I mean, the, the, the Gen 5 SSDs aren't cheap. Those are coming out now. And the Gen 5 power supplies, go have a look at those. The prices are scary. And the best part of all of this is that my 1650 plays everything yeah. just yeah, fine. That's exactly. That's why people <laughs> exactly. aren't buying the new stuff because you, like, you, you're setting them up with like basically having to replace a PC. To, like I'd to, like a better graphics know. card for streaming purposes. So when I'm actually streaming, then like my game doesn't suffer, but what is streamed on the PC stuff is because obviously you're streaming with NVENC, so you're going through your, your graphics card and whatever. So then then I would like one. But just for if I'm sitting at my PC, I'm your average Joe, I don't stream, I just play my game, 1650, psh, good to go. So here's what you do. You hit the second hand market, you get a second 1650 and Hell. assign all your streaming stuff to that, and then you carry on playing your game on the on the dedicated graphics 1650. Let, let, let couldn't you just buy a, an ASRock mini PC, throw in like a 5600G, oh, don't even yeah. get a graphics card or a 5700G, cost you like maybe 10,000 Rand for the whole system, mount that to the back of your monitors, boom, there's your streaming PC, done. Let's also be fair, how much of a powerful PC or graphics card do you need to play Sunhaven in The Sims? Listen, yeah, I wanted to play Diablo <laughs> and that's not happening, all right? Let's take a moment. To, um, to Richard's point, though, like uh, Bitcoin, I think, surpassed the 30,000 USD dollar mark, which is like that magical line when miners start making uh, money again. And that was like, I think, between the 11th of April, then it dipped below and it came back up to the 18th of April. And it was at like $30,300 for a Bitcoin. And then like on the 21st of April, it was back down to 27000 where they make no money. So yeah, I, I would not be surprised if using all the sales data from the RTX you know, 30, 30 series launch, um, they're not getting anywhere near as commiserate a, a return um, on their launch. And it's not just that. They're just powering down and powering up existing rigs that have yeah. 3080s in them. So they're exactly. not buying new equipment. Yeah. And now this week's news that nobody cares about, Twitter has finally removed blue ticks from the legacy verified users on the platform, including many game studios, public figures, streamers, and others in the industry. The move has largely been mocked by those affected by on Twitter, but it does represent a move that makes identifying people, verified people a bit more difficult. Sort of. Paid Twitter users or paid Twitter business accounts can get a gold check mark in public figures associated with the gold accounts can keep the blue check marks which other people are paying for but they can also pay around the local equivalent of eight dollars a month to get it so it doesn't really make it much less any less confusing because the blue tick mark could be a paid for user or it could be somebody associated to the gold business user so you don't really know what is happening at all with the with the whole blue and orange and gold check marks on twitter um, but the whole, so in other words, the whole tick business is a little bit frustrating right now. And for those that think Twitter holds any value other than giving the opportunity to say frog boots once a week, it it's no good. They need to give the paid people a pink one and the affiliate people <laughs> a blue one and the companies an orange one and whatever. They, they're kind of the same color representing two different groups of people. Well, you missed an important twist, though. Last week... Elon started giving blue ticks back to people with higher follower accounts than 1 million. And so a whole bunch of people got blue ticks back and then they started posting, oh my gosh, how did this happen? I promise you I didn't pay for this. Please make yeah, it go like, away. It's embarrassing. They're like embarrassed to have the blue mark. They're yeah. like, I'm sorry, I'm not giving Elon any money. Please. So yeah. <laughs> it was failing just, so badly. He just had to like start giving it away for free. Like, oh my God, let me just make this seem like really important people want it. The, it just, to see how so many people were upset that they were losing their blue tick marks. And then it was almost seemed like straight down the middle. There was another group of people that really just couldn't care about the blue, the tick marks. There was a, a lot of them that had the uh, the perfect gif of Jeremy Clarkson. It's like, oh no. Anyway, and just continue with their life. Me, 
I couldn't care. I mean, but if that's I what to... they're saying on the outside, Andrew. <laughs> I suppose this is true. <laughs> what is being said to other people on the inside? Maybe they are frustrated. We don't have my tick, my my purpose, my validation. Yeah, that is validation. They're taking the validation away from you. But you know what else they're doing? They're taking away the ability to identify legitimate people. So mm-hmm. you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to pretend to be Phil Spencer from Xbox, giving away Xboxes to the first hundred people to retweet your tweet. And you're not going to know whether it's legitimate or not because the guy only has to pay $8 to do it and change the the eye into a one or something so it kind of looks a bit like phil spencer give him a blue mark and look there's the legit guy giving away xboxes it's it's that is what concerns me the most about this is that it, it the verification the word verification meant that you had trust in the guy with the blue check mark because there'd been some human interaction in that person getting it now all i need is a paypal or a credit card and eight us dollars and i got a blue check mark and i can give away free xboxes as phil spencer but he gave the blue checkmark back to dead people like Chester Bedfield and <laughs> like re- dead, was- dead senators. Like, like it doesn't mean anything. Those are not real live people yeah. anymore. He's removed every any value of that thing meaning anything other than the fact that you can now, if you have the blue checkmark, you get featured in the For You page or whatever the, the stipulation is. But there's no value in it anymore. I Richard, mean, I, I would buy it for you. Would you? I don't want yeah. it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Refund. I, I cannot wait for the frog boots tick mark. Oh, God. <laughs> and you all know that everyone's feed in ZA gaming and esports yeah. streaming. Amazing. With my, with my heavily sarcastic tweets. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I should buy myself a check mark because maybe then South African TOs would hire me. Oh, a bit of shade yeah. being thrown yeah. here on the podcast. <laughs> You're not quite within the circle jerk and the group of friends no, that you need not. to be true to that. get to to get that. So just stick to the international events. You get paid far more for far less work That's as true. well. So That's you true. Paid? and no exposure bucks. <laughs> you guys are getting paid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are tournaments happening. Listen, those exposure bucks are uh, it's keeping food on the table and rain paid. That's why you have all those cool like things in the background, both true. of you. You guys are earning that money. <laughs> That's the reason I've linen. <laughs> Old linen from the nineties. Yeah. Linen that like smells a bit like mothballs. Yeah. It's like inherited linen, man. <laughs> I've, I've still got a bed sheet that's got those old 1920s cars on it, man. I've got a set of golf clubs somewhere there as well. So. Oh, my. You high man golf. That's yes, white man Instagram. In, in the Eastern Cape. I mean, oh. oh. Hey, golf is fun, man. No, it's not. No, it is. <laughs> How much indigenous plant and, you know, ecosystems did you have to destroy for your golf course, eh? <laughs> you animal. To have the golf course or when I'm actually on the golf course? Because both. both of those are fairly high. <laughs> Driving your golf course around a five-kilometer little track. Oh. Eight-kilometer. And <sighs> when you see, you walk like 12 kilometers because you hit from one bush to the next. But again, I digress. There's a reason I haven't played because golf balls get horribly expensive when you start losing them constantly. Do you keep, do you keep hitting them into the rough? You can tell us. Uh, a, lot of the times, <laughs> a lot of the times there is a shank and it ends up in like a river that runs through the golf estate gonna, or something. In your case, if it's a <laughs> shank, it probably ends up in another prisoner. <laughs> oh, Jeez, I still, I still think uh, Robin Williams oh described golf perfectly. Um, you know, when when he said that it's just a sport where you hit a ball into a golfer hole. So you whack the ball, get in a cart, then you go and you whack a ball and you get in the cart, and that's all you do for nine hours. Sounds exhilarating, people. 
Listen, I don't want to hear this from people that watch F1. I don't know if you watch F1, but anybody who watches F1 does not get to make that argument. Because it's literally, it's a left turn. It's another left turn, which I know was the joke about NASCAR, but it's the same thing. They're just going round and round and round on a track. Someone from a Discord call without being an admin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I found this on the web for how do I remove someone from this podcast being admin. Thank you. I, I actually think Sam's got a point. You know how you can hear the Formula One car from miles away, and then it just disappears, and that's the excitement. In, yeah. gro- in, in, in golf, you can hear the putting greens grass growing. <laughs> Matt, I can hate you guys sometimes. Honestly, I may as well watch paint dry things. at that point. It's so m- golf is so much fun. <laughs> Well, that's about rounds up our news in gaming this week. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode six. And uh, once again, big shout out to Esports Central for teaming up with us and allowing us to reminisce about using 50 cent pieces in uh, arcade machines. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at YWIG Podcast and by email at yourbeekinggamingpodcast at gmail.com. I've been Andrew. And still am Andrew, I guess. You can find me on Twitter at my name is Pengu. Uh, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Nari Mizuki. I'm Richard. You can find me on your For You feed as soon as Pengu crosses <laughs> up the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Chris, and you can find me at NVIDIA GeForce. <laughs> Our next episode will be out on Friday, the 5th of May, 2023, at 7 a.m. GMT plus 2, and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you then next week. Cheers. Retweet me for an Xbox. <laughs> 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 <laughs>